Toasties. I'm Missy, here with my bestie Johnsy. Hey y'all. And welcome to our Toasted Shenanigans. How you doing? I'm getting over a little sickness though. I'm doing. Caught a small buggy. Yeah. At least it was a small one. Yeah, just getting like, over it. It, it, it was v- nothing very- like the last two. Oh my gosh. Yes, it was very short-lived. But to be honest, I'm done being sick for this year. I'd like it to make the rest of the year without being sick. <laughs> well, I'm I'm in going to be making a concoction to for you. Thank you. Yes. Because if it's out there, I'll catch it. I know you have been lately. You <laughs> this year has not been your year for no the sickness. No, put that. I mean, you you took disturbs down with the sickness, literal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's like everybody started coming back out of their houses again, and I was just like, Ugh! hit me all at once. Everything sure kept did. coming. It but. sure did. So we were just talking about the new um, Ozzy podcast, and I lately have been thinking about, actually I've been thinking about this like forever, when we were talking about like who was all listening and like what cities had the most downloads and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I, I was saying like well, Council Bluff I was mm-hmm. in Iowa. And yeah. you made you made the comment about maybe Slipknot's listening, <laughs> and I want to just tell you, I don't ever not think about that. <laughs> I'm glad that's stuck in your head. It's stuck in my head. And then when we were talking about Ozzy's podcast coming out, that brought that back up in my head. I'm like, oh, what if Slipknot's listening? So Slipknot, if you're listening, I'm fucking honored. <laughs> yeah. Coy Taylor, holla at me, please. <laughs> I I just, I constantly, every once in a while, have that go in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if they are? What if that is them? I doubt that they're living in Iowa still, but. Who knows? I, who knows, man? And I just, I would, I would die. <laughs> I would, I would die if that was a real thing. I'd probably shit myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would listening to them on my way to take my stomach would literally fall right through my butt uh i would i don't even know how i'd react if i found that out i would i would just die i'd be like well there there, that's that's it goodbye cruel world i'm extremely stoked for ozzy's podcast very excited yes very very excited i will be listening to that one as well listen to us though guys yeah (laughs) keep listening to us Anyways, what you drinking over there in your cute little pumpkin cup? Um, so I just got some tea, some vitamin C herbal tea. Like I said, I'm just getting over something, so I'm gonna keep sipping on this. There's no whiskey or anything. It's just straight up herbal tea. No hot toddy for you. No, I thought oh. I'd you know make sure I was 100 percent sorry started downing alcohol again. That's a smart choice. That's a smart choice, I guess. But yeah. it's really good tea. It's very orangey. I'd, I'd give it a 10. I drink it every time I get sick. <laughs> nice. What you got? I decided to join you in this tea party, and I made tea. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I got a it's – been, it's been steeping over here this whole time. So I – hold on. <laughs> I feel like I should sing happy on birthday. <laughs> A very, very unhappy birthday, birthday to you. To me? <laughs> I mean, technically it is our unbirthday. Technically, yes. Only got a few more days. 
Yes. Okay. Hold on. Because I have loose leaf tea because I'm drinking lemon balm tea from my garden. Ooh. Yeah. Your lemon balm is fantastic always. Yes. Thanks. I'm drinking lemon balm and honey. It's a local honey. You still have that local honey? Oh, I'm always restocking on local honey. So Virginia. Oh, so not that same one. No. Virginia people, though, if you are a local honey or a local bee person that you're trying to, like, sell your local honey, hit me up because I love me some local honey. Um, I've really gotten into just using local honey only. Um, They say it's better for you. So, yeah, I'm having my lemon balm tea. But you said earlier that you were having tea, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I can make tea, and then we could have a tea party. (laughs) See, shenanigans, toasties, we don't have to drink to have a good time. No, we do not. Never. We sometimes have tea. Yep. And like I said, I made my lemon balm tea, and honestly, I picked my lemon balm because of everybody being sick. And lemon balm has antiviral and antibacterial properties. Same with honey. And uh, so I figured it'd be a really good uh, choice to have today. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Especially with everything going around. It's been steeping for a minute. So it's like very, very strong and delicious. Is it still and, hot? Yeah, it's still warm. Oh, okay. It's like perfect like sipping, drinking. It's delicious. Okay. That's all it is. So anyways, what are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about Mr. Gary Heidnick. Ooh. Have you heard of him before? No, I don't think I have, honestly. Uh, Although, this will probably be another one of those stories that you start going into, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have heard that one. Yeah, it could be. Um, he, he, he's a very fucked up individual. I'll just put, leave it at that. Okay, well, let's, let's be honest here. All the people we've talked about, aside from Brittany yeah. Murphy, who hasn't been fucked up. Yeah, very true. Um, I will say this one might get a little graphic, so just to warn all the toasties and whatnot. Um, But this one is going to be a two-parter because we gave you guys such a long episode last week. We're going to split this one up and make two shorter ones because otherwise we're giving you probably another like almost two-hour episode. (laughs) Yeah, and we want to give you guys that break because I'm – Sorry, not sorry for the last one. And if you have not listened. Last one was good. Yeah. If you have not listened to that last one, go fucking listen to it. Because it was a damn doozy. Yes, it was. It was a slacker. It was a roller coaster of of, of things. And you, I'd go listen to it. Yeah, it had me turning for days. But anyway, shall we talk about Gary? Let's talk about Gary. Okay, so Gary Heidnick, he's born in Eastlake, Ohio, on November 22nd, 1943. So we have a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. They are um, the number one serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to it. Um, eventually, he basically learned how to control people after a rough start to his own life. Hmm. So this began at home. Um, very typical that the home life was not, you know, the greatest environment. But his parents, Michael and Ellen, they showed very little compassion or love to him or his younger brother, Terry. And it kind of created this close bond between Terry and him. 
because mm-hmm. at such a young age, they were having to endure a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but their unstable home environment began with their mother's drinking problem. Um, she was a religious alcoholic. Oh, boy. And it eventually caused the parents to divorce. And the boys actually went with their mother for a while. And her drinking was just so heavy and she was neglecting them that she could no longer handle them anymore. And she sent them back home to, with dad, which oh, is damn. not something you hear about real often. No. Um, especially if she was collecting child support or anything. Usually they hold on to him just for that money for the alcohol. You're right. But unfortunately, Father Dearest, uh, he didn't offer a nurturing environment either. So he was a very strict disciplinarian, and he could be very mentally and physically abusive to both boys. Hmm. The two brothers claimed that their father would mock the young boys. Um, They wet the bed a lot. And their punishment was he would force them to hang their soiled sheets out of their bedroom window on the second floor for all the neighborhood children to see. Oh. And then even on much unluckier occasions, when he was really pissed at them, their father would hang them outside their windows by their ankles. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's. What year was this? So this is nineteen forty three was his birth. So we're probably late, talking about early fifties right early now. Early fifties by now. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that's re- that wasn't it. You know, there's a lot of instances in between. Uh another one that childhood friends recalled was that their father would send them to school with bullseyes he had painted on their bottoms of their britches uh, where he would use to kick at them at home and then send them at to school to also be kicked. That is fucked up. Cause yeah. Fucked up. Cause there's kids that are, are going to do that. They're going to do use it. Cause they're going to think it's funny. I, and I think we talked about this a lot too with Sylvia. Yeah. That's uh, exactly where my mind went instantly. They don't understand this. No. So it's not it's not right. No, for but, for kids at school, it's with that situation, I'm just thinking of the instantly like the um sign on people's backs and kick me or pinch me or poke mm-hmm. me or whatever. And kids do it cuz they think it's funny. You know, it's rude and don't do that, but when a kid's doing it, it's one thing, but when it's also at home, you know, with like Cyberbullying there is the biggest thing that was causing a lot of the suicides is because the bullying didn't end. You mm-hmm. know, you go to school, you get bullied, you go home, you're safe. For this is like old school cyberbullying. Like they got they had it at home and at school. Unfortunately, yeah. mm-hmm. they, it wasn't from kids. From their fucking dad. Yep, their pathetic. own father. Fucking pathetic. So needless to say, Gary was very withdrawn as a child. Actually. Um, He didn't have many friends, and in fact, he was teased a lot at school um, for his deformed skull. And when he was younger, he had an accident as a child where he had fallen from a tree and severely damaged his cranium. Oh. So kids at school would actually, and he was still known this when they, you know, I watched documentaries and whatnot, 
uh, they would still refer to him as football head. Oh, so he's the original Hey Arnold. Yeah, that was my first thought. I didn't like. I I may have chuckled. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's because t- you're thinking of Hey Arnold. And not only that, the guy ended up being a douche. But anyways, <clears throat> he was the original Hey Arnold. <laughs> so, sorry. of course, that trauma to his head, which was so f- severe. There's no proof that that trauma maybe impacted what he did later on in life. But it is why, you know, talked about that. That's probably where we saw a switch because beforehand he wasn't as withdrawn. He had a couple of friends. Um, he loved animals and he was just a really energetic child. Hmm. After the fall, completely twisted. And he became very withdrawn. And then at this point, he no longer shared a love for animals. Instead, he was curious about them. And that's when you see him start to cut open dead animals. And it escalates to torturing live animals. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, On top of that, he started to get into a lot of fights at school. Now, I don't know if that's just because he was just over with everything. Like, he was just over it. Mm -hmm. Because if he's being picked on, I'm sure it's going to escalate. Absolutely. But he also would get into a lot of fights with his brother, Terry. Oh, someone who he was very close with. Exactly. So even that dynamic changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it seems like that fall did alter his personality. I was going to say, how are people going to sit there and say there's no real proof, but yet... You just gave me some proof that that fall Mm -hmm. did do something. Yeah. But no matter how much they fought or anything, you know, Gary and Terry, they were the best of friends and they were all each other had. So Mm. they still remained close together. Um, And eventually, you know, dad remarries, stepmom moves in and makes the situation 10 times worse. And they decide to run away. Uh, Now they realize they're not going to get very far. So they do turn back around and come home. But at this time, you know, they've been gone for a little bit. Dad's pissed. Stepmom's pissed. Yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And um, they have a couple options. And I'm not clear as to whether Terry went along too. But upon returning home, Gary was enrolled in Stanton Military Academy in Virginia. Oh. This must have been when he was older because they spoke of him in high school and whatnot. But for the next two years, he performed very well in school. And he, uh, he had still not that many friends, uh, but the, for the first time in his life, he could actually be considered that he was thriving just because he was doing well in school. That's awesome. I don't know why. I wish he would have stayed there. Maybe there would have been a difference, but for some unknown reason, he did quit the Academy. And he moved back home to his father. Mm. Yep. So that put him back into the public school system where, once again, he was still bullied, still having issues, still getting into fights, all that kind of stuff. And in 1961, he dropped out of high school and he joined the army at 17. Oh, no. He kind of put that life behind him. And it seemed like for once he kind of really had some plans for his future and he went into the army to become a medic. Oh. And he was actually really successful with it. 
Yeah, because again, he practiced cutting up dead animals for years <laughs> prior to. Yeah. So once again, he's thriving, but it seems like almost like he kind of self-destructs a little bit. In the May of 1962, because he's doing so well, which seems really soon, he was sent to the 46th Army Surgical Hospital in West Germany, um, not only to continue his education, but to also provide medical support as well. Mm-hmm. Now, shortly after arriving in Germany, Gary said that he was ill, and he claimed that it was due to the Army using LSD to experiment on him. So okay. there is no documentation. There's no proof, no records, nothing that he was actually experimented on or endured any kind of experiments. But, however, it is known during the Cold War, um, the Army would use hallucinogenics to test on the American soldiers. Yes, I do. I I was, there's a documentary, I believe on Netflix, that talks about that. Um, Not in a sense of, uh, in a negative light, but actually it was Mm -hmm. to help with, help with things yeah because everything they were enduring while over there to see if it was helping it was supposed to be helpful for like ptsd Mm -hmm. and trauma response and things like that so that could have been when it started that they were experimenting on the guys i don't i don't remember exactly in that documentary so he might not be lying of course they're not going to have that documentary because um listen to the last episode you'll understand why (laughs) um i think it was mostly that it was it was scary i don't think the army was to blame for this no i it probably was a little bit of anxiety which can manifest physically yeah and remember he seems like he's doing well he's excited he's thriving again and like i said it almost seems like he just self-destructs he causes these issues you'll see it over as we go into his story but um he did seek medical treatment after this okay the doctors all said that gary seemed to be in great health physically but mentally he was suffering extremely Mm -hmm. they could tell immediately at this time he's 18 and he's transferred back to the u.s where he was diagnosed and treated for schizophrenia and hallucinations Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So obviously he can no longer continue his career in the army. And after, yeah. And after, well, hang on to yourself with that for just oh, a little fuck. bit. Oh, great. He wasn't a medic, but <laughs> you, I was a little so taken aback by it. But um, after the military reviewed his case, they decided to give him an honorable discharge and he walked away receiving a 100% disability rating and maximum benefits from the army. Okay. He has a, he has a good chunk in his in his pocket at this yeah, point. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um February 1964. Okay. Back in the US, uh he needs, you know, to move on with his life. Gary chooses a career as a psychiatric nurse in Philadelphia, PA. What the fuck? <laughs> What? What, yeah. sir? That's the- I don't I don't know how that would happen. I'm like, who the that- fuck let this man into a psych ward to take care of people? That's oh gosh, what? Are, how do they word that? The blind leading the blind. 
like essentially <laughs> yeah like that's the crazy helping the crazy okay mm-hmm. so like i said he had a pretty healthy paycheck from the army uh-huh. plus his paycheck as being a nurse so he was saved up and he purchased his first home well good for him must be yeah. nice well how's this were extremely cheap back then just saying so he was eventually fired from his job as the nurse. Go figure. And it was due to attendance, poor conduct, and rudeness towards patients. Duh. Yeah. We could have seen that one coming. Oh, wow. Over the next few years, Gary became extremely depressed, and he did try to commit suicide multiple times, and it was in very bizarre fashions. So I'm going to give you a couple that he attempted. He began trying to OD on tranquilizers. And then he moved to rat poison. And then he drove his motorcycle into an oncoming truck. And when those all failed, he tied a string around one of his toes in hopes of getting gangrene. He was at a physical when the doctor found it on him and asked him about it. And he uh, told them what it was. That's that's creative. Yes, but other than taking his motorcycle directly into an oncoming truck, his methods were, I don't think he wanted to kill himself. I think he wanted help. Well, he has been in and out. Yeah. A psychiatric wards with, you know, being charged from discharged yeah. from the military and whatnot. Yeah. But I I just statistically trigger warning if if need be on this. Statistically, men are very successful at suicide mm-hmm. because they're very direct. Whereas statistically women are not because we we don't take direct routes. We try to do the overdoses or mm-hmm. cleaner ways because as women, that's one of the things that obviously I think goes, They, I'm not 100%, but from the things I have researched, we th- we even think that far ahead of like the aftermath of, oh, well, someone- How will someone find us and whatnot. Yeah. Yes. I can and, tell you that um, my mother- schizophrenia we've talked about this Mm -hmm. before she has it and she has pretty bad schizophrenia i don't know how bad gary is at this point um she has tried to commit suicide multiple times Mm -hmm. and every single time it uh, was a form through overdose Mm -hmm. so i i don't know i don't know if it was part of his schizophrenia i do believe and we'll talk more about it, but I do believe he actually wanted to die. Uh, but something switched in his brain, and he all of a sudden wanted to live. He did spend the next several years in and out of the psychiatric hospitals. Mm-hmm. And for a very long time, he became mute. And oh. he started to do this at first over stretches of time, and it just came to a point where it was like several months. Oh, so I don't know if that's one of his coping mechanisms or what was going on. Didn't dive too much into that, but um, it it seems like it becomes a habit. Now, Gary was not the only one struggling in the family. So 
his brother as well. Yeah. Was fighting his own mental illnesses. I don't know what he had, but he did make many attempts on his own life as well. Mm. And through all of this, the two remain pretty close, uh, but they could be very big enemies too at times. Mm-hmm. And then in September of 1968, Gary and Terry got into a pretty serious fight. And this fight was more violent than the last. Uh oh. Gary had struck his little brother in the head with a carpenter's tool, resulting mm-hmm. in 16 stitches. Oh, gosh. And of course, Terry's hurt. He's angry and expressing to his big brother that he could have just almost killed him. But it didn't it didn't really seem to phase Gary. It was just like, sorry, whatever kind of situation. Well, that's true. That's weird. That would be an alarm to me. Like, why are you not apologetic mm-hmm. that you almost murdered me? Yep. So needless to say, Gary's all Terry has. So he does forgive him. They move on with their life. And basically, neither one of them had anything to do with their family until about 1970, when Ellen, their mother, uh, had cancer. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of it was due to her heavy drinking. If I remember correctly, it was uh, bone cancer. But she ultimately decided to choose her own destiny. And she made herself a final cocktail of hydrochloric acid. Oh, gosh. See, that's that's weird. So we got three suicidal people just right there in the immediate family. Oh, fuck. Now, when Gary found out about his mother's death, uh, he fell into another complete deep depression. <clears throat> mm. And I don't know if it was due to not being able to say goodbye to her, mm-hmm. regrets for just cutting ties. But for whatever reason... He took ownership of his mother's remains and spread them at Niagara Falls. He's still very depressed at this time. And by 1971, he is back into the psychiatric ward. And his doctor starts, his doctors note that he seems like he's starting to like what they called settle in for life, um, that he could no longer live with himself. Oh. Eventually, he was discharged from the hospital in the spring of 1971. And he was kind of lost as to what he was supposed to do with his life now. And still very depressed. Uh, He just began to drive. And that's exactly what he did. And he didn't stop until he hit California. So he drove all the way across the country. Yeah, because he started in Ohio? Well, uh, No, he's in PA at this point. I was saying, yeah, he moved to Pennsylvania because... Mm-hmm. He said something about Niagara Falls, and I remember. Mm. I know. We hop around in this one a little bit. I see that. It happens. Um, it happens. But the only reason why he did stop is because he claimed to hear God's voice and a oh, message from no. God. <laughs> oh, no. Not again. And if you guys don't know what I mean by not again, it's because you did not listen to last week's episode. Like, I'm surprised there. we picked these two around the same time and did them back to back because they're like almost mm-hmm. identical. We're just vibing lately. Yeah, it's it, we have been extra vibing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So Gary heard God tell him that he wanted him to start a church for people oh, with intellectual disabilities. Oh, 
That's his target, people. Okay. Yep. And so that's exactly what Gary did. So he drives all the way back to Philly, and he files his paperwork for his church, the United Church of Ministers of God. And he did get his brother to join him on this journey and join his ministry. And by October 1977, Bishop Gary tasted his first experience of control and power since he was a child torturing animals. And this guy is kind of miserable as is. Nobody really likes him. But you kind of really see things start to turn from here. Guys, Mm -hmm. I'm just, you literally are just picking up where I left off last week. (laughs) He started this church when? It was 1977 officially, October. You are literally picking up where I left off. Isn't that weird? I don't know. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe we're overthinking. Maybe we're just spooked. I'm going to drink my tea. (laughs) So Gary went on to um, holding services each Sunday for a small congregation. Um, Nearly all of them had intellectual disabilities and most could not read. He took this time and spent hours with them, teaching them to memorize hymns. And it was Gary's rule in their church that he had final word over the interpretation of the Bible and religious disputes. Of course. So he was God in his church. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, Now, about the same time, Gary had also discovered kind of a newish hobby. um, but, But one he finally took seriously and started working with it. The stock market. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. That that just like really like was very out in center field. Mm-hmm. Random stock market. Okay. So it's possible that Gary actually had like some kind of concern for people and maybe actually wanted to help them. And then he oh, thought yeah. this was his way of helping. It's possible. We don't oh, know. So did JJ in the beginning. Yeah. However... People that weren't in his church that did know of Gary um, thought he was very suspicious. And I guess one of his friends or acquaintances that uh, he had initially said that he assumed that it was kind of some kind of scam or a tax dodge when he found out what was going to be going on. Mm. Gary was using the church wealth to invest And he watched it obsessively, and we learned that in 1975, he actually did use the church funds to open an account with Merrill Lynch with his name on it. And over the time, his investments earned hundreds of thousands of dollars. Man, I wish I could figure that out. Yeah, seriously. I I cannot figure out the the investing thing. I try to look it up, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm reading. I understand most of it. I just, it's just too much. It gives me a headache. But his initial deposit was only $1,500. Gary eventually earned over like $500,000. And this was all the church's money. So today that would be around about $3 million. Holy shit. Yes. I want that. By 1986, the United Church of the Ministers of God was very prosperous 
and he was making lots of money. Mm. Um, and like I said previously, people were doubting his commitment to the church. Um, and it was mostly due to the fact that he was not religious. Hmm. Um, in fact, he had a very violent side as to why he was fired. And it always seemed like there was always like just something bothering him, something simmering below the surface that just he was going to boil over at any moment and just flip shit. Um, now, that could be due to, you know, he was still struggling mentally. Mm hmm. But once again, he was thriving. But the difference in this this turnaround is was he had control and he was very wealthy and he was making more money. And so now that's what he craved was money and control. Mm -hmm. So looking for ways to create more money so he could invest, Gary began renting out the upstairs of his house to a couple. Uh, their name was Linda and Robert Rogers. Yeah. The Rogers weren't sure what to kind of make of Gary. Because like I said, people just seemed like something was off about him. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to Robert, who was black, that the 32-year-old Gary was obsessed with race. Oh. He heard him making predictions that a race war would someday sweep the nation and he also saw him read racist literature from an Aryan organization. Oh, so he is the opposite of our last episode. Mm-hmm. And Robert found this strange, particularly because Gary, who was a white man, seemed to only date black women. But. Uh, that is weird. That, that's really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I'll explain in a second. Gary's odd attitude on race wasn't the only concern. So, at that time, Gary was living, or Gary's girlfriend was living with them, and her name was Dorothy May Knight. And Dorothy was a black woman who had intellectual disabilities, and she spent much of her time in and out of care facilities. Mm -hmm. So, we now see Gary that he has his money, and he has his control. Mm-hmm. With two things that he likes. And I honestly believe it was just like something for him to reinforce his feelings of being superior to everybody else. Yeah. He did not actually care for any of these individuals. Now, it is noted that in many of his psychiatric reports that Gary, quote, was easily threatened by women who he would consider to be equal to him, either intellectually or emotionally. Gary needs constant acceptance and self-assurance that he is an intelligent, worthwhile human being, end quote. Gotcha. Which I assume kind of came from his childhood. So while Gary craved approval and respect, he did not give it to others. And this was especially to Dorothy. Linda, uh, Linda Rogers, said he would frequently criticize Dorothy and on many occasions beat her and even withhold food from her. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Gary's tenants, they did want to help, but they didn't want to be evicted, but worse, they didn't want to be attacked by Gary because they could kind of tell he was very dangerous. So mm -hmm. eventually the abuse towards Dorothy was too much for Linda to keep her mouth shut. 
And Linda decided to confront Gary about the treatment towards Dorothy. And as you can assume, it did not go well at all. Uh oh. And in retaliation, Gary went downstairs to the basement and shut off all the power to the house and locked all entrances to get to the source of power. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. So he's Gary. Once again, he's uh, he's asserting his dominance, letting them know that he is in control. You're not going to fucking do this in my house. Mm-hmm. And Linda wasn't really the only one tired of Gary's shit. At this point, this just put Robert over the edge. And he decided he was going to regain power back to the house and decides that he's going to sneak in a window of the basement out from the outside. And he did. And as soon as he entered, Gary is sitting there with a shotgun and a pistol. Oh, shit. Surprise, motherfucker. Yep. (laughs) And it was Gary's 100% plan to shoot Robert and report it as a robbery. However, Gary sucks at shooting. Oh, he fired goodness. the yeah. He fired the pistol, and the bullet that was meant to kill Robert just grazed his cheek. Oh, thank the Lord! Mm-hmm. Somehow, Robert managed to talk Gary into letting him go, and then Robert went and reported the incident. Well, naturally, but for some odd reason, that that backfired, didn't it? <laughs> um. The aggravated assault charges were dropped. Nobody knows Go why. figure. I, I, I don't know if it was money or if it was about race because we're talking. We're in the uh, It was what? Yeah. What was it? You said early 70s. 70s. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Bunch of fucking assholes. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yep. So Gary never faced any consequences for the attack. Yeah, and after that happened, he sold the house. And the new home buyers who purchased it reported that the home was absolutely littered with trash, porn, and spent casings. Porn. Yeah. But they were more so extremely shocked about this fact. Um, They went down to the basement, and in the basement was something very disturbing. And this is kind of where our story for tonight ends, but our story also begins for the next episode. Oh, fuck. Sorry, guys. I'm going to leave you at that cliffhanger. That is quite the fucking cliffhanger. He kind of had that hoarder house, and he he has a secret life. We'll just put it that. It's in the basement? It's in the basement, yeah. But Robert was just down in the basement. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to return to find out. I want to know what's in that basement. What's in the box? (laughs) Yeah. Stay tuned for part two, y'all. This episode is very, very similar to last episode in a sense of like this person, shitty upbringing. Mm hmm. The church aspect, the, the control aspect, literally starts off right as that one ended, like the timing of when Jonestown massacre happened, and this mm-hmm. one starting literally. Oh gosh! Only difference though is Gary invested to get his money, whereas you know Jim Jones just conned everybody out of their money. Just they well, willingly threw it at him. 
Gary did too. That wasn't his money. It was the church's money. It was the church's was not, money. It was not his However, funds. However, he also invested it to make that money more. Whereas Jim Jones, literally people were just throwing dollars at him. Stay tuned for part two. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. You're going to explain more. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. He had no good intent. Go figure. They never do. Yeah. That money was that money was for him. That was his. Uh, of course. Just like Jim Jones's money was for him. Mm-hmm. Bunch of fucking con artists. Uh, disgusting. Oh. Assholes. Well, I'm excited for next week. And next week, Sunday, when that episode comes out, it'll be post your birthday. That one, yeah. But this yeah. one's going to be your birthday. Yeah. So when you listen to this, happy birthday, Missy. I love you. Oh, I love you. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> that it is my birthday. Technically, right now, while you're listening to it, it is my birthday. Mm-hmm. I'm old. I probably will be sleeping because <laughs> I'm a tired bitch all the time. Yes, you are. Um, I might be eating some red velvet cake because that's my favorite. I don't know what I want for dinner. I'll have it figured out by the time you guys are listening to this probably. Unless you're the ones that are opening it up on like 2 in the morning. Um, I don't know yet on what I want for dinner. You'll figure it out. I know I will. You got you got a few days before you have to get there. I do. But yeah. <laughs> yours the next part two will be the day after your birthday. Because yours is on Correct. Saturday. Yes. So we'll make more birthday shout outs to you at the next episode. So oh, that it's you. more accurate to your birthday. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for You're that welcome. cliffhanger. I cannot You're wait welcome. to find out. What was in that basement? What's in the basement? (laughs) What's in the basement? What's in the box? (laughs) What is that from? Oh my gosh, I cannot remember. I can't remember. I just know it randomly is stuck in my head sometimes. Yeah. I don't don't know. Toasties, help us out. Message us. Let us know where that's from. It's going to (laughs) drive us nuts. I I just remember. Who who is even the one screaming what's in the box? I don't know. I just remember hearing, what's in the box? (laughs) Oh gosh. Let's see. Um, Can I look it up fast enough? Probably not. Are you looking it up? I was gonna try to. Give it a minute. Oh hell no! It's gonna it's gonna take me forever. Never mind. Just kidding. Okay. I mean, it's a part two. Come back for part two. Maybe I'll have it by then. Hopefully, maybe a toasty might tell us. Yeah. Well, thanks. That was that was very interesting. That's annoying. Yeah, I know. Just yeah, it's very annoying. Thanks. I need to find a place to split it. And I was like, ooh, let's do this because this that's, is that's evil a, and that's fun. That is a, yes, it is. It's very <laughs> evil, which is – it's perfect. It's perfect. But um, until next time, guys, make sure you guys are following us and liking and sharing and commenting and hitting the bell and all the things on Facebook and TikToks and Instagrams and – you can find us all the social medias. All the social medias. No, actually, not all the social medias. Let's be honest. We're not on a. We're not. We have a Twitter that neither one of us know how to use. Yeah. Now um, we don't touch it. Um, we're not on Snapchat. I don't even know how to operate I Snapchat. Say, I don't even I'm know so how to old. use. I don't even know how to use Snapchat. And I have so many other people who are like, "Are you on this one?" I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" I don't know. But we're the, on the. We're on the the major ones. 
Um, the old people ones. Yes. <laughs> yes. We are on the old people ones. And ironically enough, our, our reels have way more views on Facebook than they do on Instagram. Because that's where the old people hang. Okay. Stop. You guys are the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, don't forget toastedshenanigans.com. Yeah. Our website. But until next time, guys, thank you. Bye. Bye.